friends. We're glad you're tuning in with us. We hope that you're uh, watching with your family or uh, a few friends that maybe you've invited over. Um, we're going to worship together with our first song. So feel free to stand, sit, however you want to worship, but we're really glad that you're with us today.
search my heart and search my soul. Uh, thank you for joining us uh, at Virtual Liberty Grace this morning. Uh, we'll be continuing to do uh, these virtual services over the next couple weeks until we can uh, meet together in person again. Uh, do be praying that uh, God would bring a swift end uh, to this and that we can be back together in person again. But like I said, till then, we're, we're virtual like this. But I also want to let you know that Veracity, our youth ministry, is virtual as well. Uh, on Tuesdays, I will be sending out a lesson video with our, our weekly Veracity lesson. And then on Wednesday nights, uh, we'll have a, a video chat via Zoom for any teens that want to join in on that. And you can get all the links and details about that on our uh, website, graceinrichland.com backslash veracity. Uh, along with our teens, our kids program is also virtual this week. Uh, there's going to be a, a video with a short kids lesson. Also, all our normal children's ministry materials for all three of our children's classes will be available online as well. You can get all that material at graceinrichland.com kids. So again, for either of those, just go to our website, graceinrichland.com, and you can go to Veracity for the Teens and Kids for the Children's stuff. Thank you again for joining us. I uh, hope you continue to enjoy the service this morning.
Even though we're not together in person this morning, we do still want to be caring for each other and uh, praying for each other. Uh, so when, when I'm done talking here in a moment, you'll be able to write your prayer requests in the comments box uh, on the Facebook video and then everybody can, can see those and we can be praying for each other uh, through that. I remind you as well, you can also go to our website, graceandrichland.com. There's a page that on the website where you can submit prayer requests and then those go out to the prayer chain. Also on the website if you'd like to still uh, worship and through giving uh, you can go to our website and there's a page on there with a link to our PayPal that you can still give to the church and the ministry of the church because things are still going on. We're still reaching out to our community here. Uh, so you can give on the website through PayPal. You can also mail checks uh, to our P.O. Box, P.O. Box 5228, Johnstown, PA 15904. And again, as we continue in song right now, uh, you can be putting your prayer requests in that comments box, and we can all be praying for each other and continuing to love and support one another this morning.
Hey, good morning, folks. Uh, welcome back once again to our online service. Uh, thanks for joining us this morning. And I uh, want you to know that we've been praying for you and uh, thinking a lot about you this week uh, in the light of everything that has been changing at such a dramatic pace. So uh, we're going to try to keep some sense of normalcy for you and, and revisit the series that we've been in uh, so that uh, it feels like, man, we're, we're just clicking along here and uh, we're going to go back to that What You Think Matters series. And uh, this morning, it's, it's funny how God does these things that uh, we had changed the schedule several times back and forth and back and forth. And, and a couple of months ago, I decided to change it to the, to the church today. And so uh, what we're going to talk about is what you think matters about the church. And in light of what we're having to do this week, it's uh, pretty appropriate that, uh, that we're talking about this, about what the Bible really says that the church is and who do we define ourselves as and, and gives you some things to really wrestle with at home as you read some of these passages and try to understand what it is that, that Paul was saying. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians. We're going to look at Ephesians today. And uh, if you're following along with version, uh, then you can see those things right here. Uh, already in front of you. So the first thing is that, that I want to say the church is, is not really an organization. I know it seems like that at times. We have to have some structure and we have to have pieces in place to do those things. But really, the church is you. As you sit there in your living rooms and watch this and as you go about work and as you go about doing all of those things that you do, you are the church where you are. It's, a, it's an interdependent network of people. We do depend on each other and we need each other for, for what we do. But, but the reality is this building that I'm even sitting in right now is not the church. It is a building that represents the church in our community. And we're part of the local church here as we call ourselves Liberty Grace but there's also the, the global church that's out there, the churches that are meeting in some thatch huts over in Africa or, or in other places around the world. We're part of those because we are joining together in the one spirit through the one baptism that Paul talks about when he talks about uh, welcoming the church age inside of the New Testament. So, so as we look at this, I wanted to give you the kind of physiological picture of it that, that the body really is. Because to me, that's what it is. It's not an organization. It's an organism. It's a, it's a living, breathing piece of who we are and what it is that we do together. And it has to function that way. And so today, we're going to talk specifically about the body and some of that imagery that shows up in 1 Corinthians. So 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 14 in the New Living Translation, puts it this way. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. And so it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some are slaves and some are free, but we have all been baptized into one body by one Spirit. At the moment of salvation, when you are baptized by the Holy Spirit, you are brought into this one body. And we all share that same Spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts and not just one part. 
So we're a network of body parts. I know that kind of sounds funny, but, but think about the way in which Paul uses this analogy to express to us something that, that we physically can't get away from. That as we go through our life and he calls us the body of Christ, that we, we carry these limbs with us. We have our, our fingers and our ears and our nose and our senses and all of these pieces that make us who we are. And so we are constantly reminded all day long that that's what the church is. That we're the body of Christ. We are just parts that are the living embodiment of who Jesus is supposed to be. So when we say we get to do this over and over, we physically represent the church just in our bodies by the interdependency that all of our body parts link together to serve one function, one body. So as we look at this interdependent network of, of body parts, we have one goal, right? And that is to serve Jesus. That's what the church is. We have that one goal, but we are many parts, right? One goal, many pieces, many ways of doing things, but it all works out for the same goal, that living embodiment of Jesus, so as we think about the body and we think about understanding it, because you can look at your hands, you can understand how your fingers work. You can you can work those things out in your mind and you can look around the room and understand that inside of a church, there are so many things going on at one point inside of the body. There are some people that, that, that just know how to care for other people's needs. There are some people that just know how to do the sound and, and the technology that we're so grateful for as, as we go through some of these things. There are some people that, that we know just love to sing and to do those things and care for those pieces. And so those parts make up one body that becomes the church. And in its local context, it's that living embodiment inside of the community that is physically represented by our, by our bodies. As we think about those networks then and that one goal, I wanted to shift gears and look at Ephesians. So it's easy to understand that the physical, those parts of it and the body and get that visual into your mind. But, but then what is the one goal that the church as one body is supposed to be doing? What is it that we're supposed to be striving for? What is it we're supposed to be concerned about? Well, Paul lays out a couple of things here in Ephesians chapter 4. So in Ephesians 4 verses 1 through 6, Paul is in prison again. He's been, he's been there many times because of his, uh, his faith in Jesus. It says, As a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all. Whoever is over all and through all 
and in all. When we are this visual representation of grace and truth. As Jesus is called that in, in the first chapter of John, then we become the body. We have to have these people that balance out grace and truth in our community. Some that stand up and say, no, this is wrong and we need to not do this because the Bible tells us not to. And this group over here says, yes, but let's love them into the kingdom and let's, let's show grace and kindness. And, and as part of the body and those two things come together, then we're doing it like Jesus would do it. We're getting to live out that, that goal that Jesus has for us. We have many talents, many abilities, and maybe one purpose is a better way to put it. That one purpose is then to glorify God. In the things that we do together, how we treat each other, right? It specifically says things like being humble and gentle and patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. Man, you know how hard it is to keep a people group together, unified, moving in the same direction? That's what God is telling us as a church. Stay together. Keep unified. Stay together through the bond of peace. Unify. Bring those parts together Use them for one purpose to represent me in the world. It's as if from through to fits right in there too, right? <laughs> Everything we've been given, our talents, our abilities, our resources, the, the many parts that we have. And then you put them together in the body and through the body we represent Jesus in our world. And then all of the glory goes back to him. You didn't really think I could make that leap, did you? Every week, right? From, through, to. It's everywhere I look. It's, it's who we are. It's, it's in our DNA. It's how we were designed and created to be. And so, so our purpose then in actuality is to do everything we can to be the living embodiment of Jesus and to bring glory to God the Father. How can we do that in some of these times? How can, we, how can we continue to do that uh, in the current state that we're in? Just encouraging each other over social media, right? Can you, can you bring some dry goods to the church, right? The airlock is open. Bring in some canned goods, some, some things like that. I know the backyard ministry crew is still handing out soup like ramen and other dried noodles because it's easy to hang on the doors. There are ways that we can be part of the church locally and representing Jesus to other people and ultimately glorifying God with how we handle what we've been given. There's a couple of other pieces that Paul talks about. So I skip down to, to verse 11 through 13. It says, So Christ Himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, teachers, to equip His people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So my job as a pastor, as a teacher, as a shepherd is to equip you 
to give you this knowledge to prepare you for works of service, right? Kind of like what we've talked about, that God has already prepared in advance things for you to do. Paul says it again here, that that's what we're to be doing, that, he's, that we are preparing ourselves. So when we get together, even in these settings, and we sit and we listen to the Word, and we, and we get excited about what's going on, and we have some great worship music, and we're encouraged in our hearts, what we're doing is we're equipping ourselves for the week ahead to be the living embodiment of Jesus. To go out into our world and to, to complete the acts of service that He's already prepared in advance for us to do. And how do we do that? There's a couple of different things. We build one another up in unity first, right? He says it again. We've got to reach unity in the faith. We've got to understand what, what locks us together is our faith. A faith in this time that, that God is what is seeing us through. That that's what's going to unite us. We've got to build that unity up. We've got to come to more knowledge. We've got to sit in on times like this. We've got to spend time in our Word. We've got to spend time reading God's Word. We've got to spend time studying God's Word. We've got to spend time with each other looking into God's Word and praying and listening to what it is that He has for us individually. So we've got to build up unity, knowledge, and maturity. And that's a tough one. That we would handle these things maturely. That we would understand that it doesn't matter what age we are. It matters the circumstances we are in and how God judges maturity is very different than, than sometimes on a numerical scale, right? Where are you sharpening maturity? Are you taking what God has given to you? Are you working on unity inside of the body, becoming part of one of those who serve? Are you increasing your knowledge of what God has for you in this world? And are you maturing into the able-bodied believer that you were designed to be? Are you growing up into Christ who is your head, is what it says later. That we would build up unity, knowledge, and maturity. Those three things are pretty key. So that we would be more like Jesus together than we are apart. You see, a mature person understands that. That we are more like Jesus together than we are apart. That there's a benefit to doing it the way God designed it. To see the body in a way that, that all of the needs around us don't have to be met by us, but they have to be met by someone who knows Jesus, right? That the opportunity is that, that this person works better in this scenario, and this person works better in this scenario, and this person works better in this scenario. And when they come together, they're more like Jesus than we can be without each other. And that's really important to understand when you think about what the church is. As we join together here locally, live via Sean's camera, uh, it's more important than ever before that we take the opportunity to really examine what the church is. What you think about the church matters. Are you the church? Do you recognize that? Are you working on unity 
Are you playing the role that you're designed to? Are you understanding and increasing in the knowledge of that role? And are you applying it then maturely to those people around you and in the context of the local church so that you can be more like Jesus together than we are apart? And the last point is why we do it then. Ephesians 14 through 16. It says that if we do these things, if we grow up into the whole measure and fullness of Christ, then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, we'll speak the truth in love and we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head, and that is Christ. From Him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and is built up itself in love, as each part does its work. Understanding what that just said, that we won't be tossed to and fro like infants, that we won't be tossed back and forth or blown by the wind, that we will have a steady direction because we're following Jesus, because we've matured into Him who is our head. On kind of a, a personal note, um, when I was a kid, and, and even now my wife would say with my keys, it's the same thing. My teachers, when I was younger, I would forget things and, and they would look at me and say, you know what, Doug, you'd probably lose your head if it wasn't attached. <laughs> and they were right. <laughs> it, I still do it with my keys. If I, don't, if I don't put my keys exactly in the same basket every night, I can't remember what I did with them. In this situation, to grow up, physically to mature into him who is our head. We need to be attached securely to our head or we're going to lose it, right? We need to stay connected to him who is our head maturely in every respect. We need to grow up into a mature body with Jesus as the face of this body, the church. That we would become that mature living embodiment that when we, when we leave this place as this building is or we leave our rooms when we finally get out of quarantine and we get to spend time with people that no matter where we're at, we're part of the body and yet we're connected because we are connected by one spirit. We may not physically be together, but we still are the living embodiment of Jesus Christ and get to maturely represent His body in all of those circumstances. It's a really important role, church. When we say this is what we get to do, right here is the most important thing we could do for our world. to work together in a spirit of unity, to show them cohesiveness, 
to show them that we trust each other, that we're mature enough to let someone else handle something we're not as good at. All of those things will represent Jesus well. You know, <laughs> I had a, a way I wanted to end this talk a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> and I wanted to have everyone stand up and link arms and hold tight to each other in a big group here to show the strength that we have in our numbers, to show a physical representation of the, what the body might be. And so instead, what I want you to do is I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to imagine that you're holding someone's hands right here that you're tied to somebody that's in part of the local church, part of the global church, that we're part of something bigger, and that we're going to unite with them around the world. And, and I'm just going to read 1 Peter, okay? I'm going to read what it says here in 1 Peter. As you have your eyes closed and you're, you're thinking about the person that you've got in your grasp, and you're looking to God the Father for protection, this is, this is the prayer. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, He will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you. But stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. Because he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering that you are. And in His kindness, God called you to share in His eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered for a little while, He will restore, support, and strengthen you and He will place you on a firm foundation. And all power to Him forever. Amen.
guys have a great week, and uh, we hope to see you soon.